You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Pull up a stool and join us. 585-866-4FAN. 866-4326. The Sports Bar with Danger and Battaglia on the Sports Leader. 95.7 FM and AM 950. The Fan, Rochester. AFC East on the line Sunday night. It's the Bills traveling down to Miami, and we're previewing it all day. Thad Brown, News 8 Sports Director, joining us now in the sports bar. Before we talk about the game, Gino mentioned in his sports update that the Bills had two Pro Bowl uh, selections in, in James Cook and Deion Dawkins. We've been kind of grappling with the question uh, of how much that means to players. Is there a chip on the shoulder of players like Josh Allen or or anybody else that believes that they are worthy of a Pro Bowl nod but didn't get it w- with the announcement that came in the last 24 hours? I don't think there's a ton. I mean, you know, Josh Allen, frankly, has enough on his plate to find motivation that he shouldn't need the Pro Bowl to be there. Maybe if you're Ed Oliver, I think Ed Oliver's had an excellent case. I wouldn't be stunned if he was an all-pro, by the way. And it does, the last uh, two years, the Bills have had a, a, a player who was not in the Pro Bowl at all, but who ended up being a first-team all-pro, Matt Milano, Jordan player. So it, it wouldn't stun me if Oliver made that three for three. So he, he might have a case to where he's, He's maybe up a little bit, but I think for the most part, you know, if, if you're a player that gets motivated by that, then you're kind of creating it for yourself. And if it wasn't the Pro Bowl, you'd figure something else out anyway. So I'm not, I'm not overly into the idea of all oh, these guys are going to be fired up because, frankly, you know, th- there's probably half the league that for this weekend feels that way that I got, I got passed over. I'm, this is how I'm going to be motivated this week. I mean, these guys to be professionals at this level, you need to find a way to get ready. And, and, and most of the time there's, there's plenty to, that's on the line to begin with because this is their livelihood to begin with. So it's sort of a playoff game. It might be if things don't go uh, on the scoreboard for Buffalo and these other games um, in, in entering this game that it's, I think the Bills offense is playing their best football here. Uh, you know, you saw them uh, put up only 20 points against New England, the other seven coming by a pick six. Let's start with Diggs here. What do you make of Diggs and his lack of production here in the last few weeks? Is there something else going on that we're not aware of? I would. That, that seems to be the most likely scenario, is, is that there is some sort of, you know, whether it be an injury or something going on that, um, is hampering him because it's not just not producing, it's not playing. You know, he, he has been a guy who's averaged a little over 80% of snaps for his Bills career, but over the last three weeks, he's playing at around 60%. So they're, they're just not putting him on the field. And, you know, some of those situations is not just, okay, well, they're taking him off the field on first and second down. No, no, he's off the field on third down occasionally too. Now, he's still playing most third downs. So, the, you know, that's where you start. And, and I don't know what reason there would be to take Stefan Diggs off the field unless it is health related, maybe even, you know, trying to save him for the playoffs. I actually went through his, his playoff record to see if he's a guy that maybe wore down at the end. And, you know, certainly the games where the bills got eliminated, he did not play great, but Josh Allen didn't play great in most of those games either. So uh, it's hard to you know, put that all on Diggs, and he's still playing plenty of snaps. So in, in, unless there's some feeling that, 
by playing him less, he'd be better off for the postseason. Um, you know, I got to figure that there's something going on. And even if that was the, the case for the Bills, well, they've been playing playoff games for the last four weeks. I mean, you, you don't sit the guy now when the games you needed to get to the postseason, so he's ready for a postseason. That might not even happen. So, you know, that's where I start. And then, then after that, the one thing I will say is that each of the last two weeks, he had a play where he got loose deep to where if Josh Allen hits him, now you know, we're not talking about the, the production being that far down. Now all of a sudden it's, well, yeah, he only had five catches, but it was for a buck ten and a touchdown. You know, so th- there are some small sample size things that are going on here. Dad, can I can I introduce something else to this as well? And and you know, I might be completely off base, but my general view of NFL head coaches is that they're they're paranoid freaks. They're competitive and they're always second guessing themselves and always trying to gain an edge. However, they may do. Do you think Sean McDermott now with Brady as his offensive coordinator is holding back. Was he maybe concerned that the Bills were showing too much at a time you know they're winning games, but they're just not winning them in a dominating way? Are they are they holding back for the postseason, or do you really believe that that desperation that we believe they should have is is true and genuine, and that they they are just going about it in a way that that we're kind of puzzled by? In the same way that it doesn't make sense to keep Stephon Diggs off the field for that reason, it doesn't keep make sense for them to hold back. I mean, they're, they needed to win these last few games. I mean, if they had dropped one to the Chargers or the Patriots because, well, we were holding something back so we could unleash it in the playoffs, well, good for you, but you ain't going to be no playoffs now. And, you know, that's still you know the scenario possibly for Sunday night. So, I mean, you know, we are so devoid of logical explanation that I'm not going to sit here and, and tell you that thought is totally out of bounds. But it's the kind of thing where if that's what they're doing, then that almost makes less sense than, than not playing them in the first place. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see because traditionally Vic Fangio doesn't flip his corners here, Thad. Um, so if you, I mean, you could have a big game if you have Steph Diggs against Eli Apple, but if it's going to be Diggs against Jalen Ramsey, who do, do we expect a big game from Khalil Shakir in the slot or Davis on the outside? Who might be that guy that should step up for Buffalo in this game? Man, your guess is as good as mine there. Um, you know, the, the, like you said, the Dolphins don't generally flip corners. And, you know, you guys talk about what, what NFL coaches are like. And one thing NFL coaches don't do a ton of is change the thing that's worked for them forever. So I agree with you guys that it doesn't seem like Jalen Ramsey is going to be traveling with, with Stephon Diggs. So you'd think this would be an opportunity for Diggs to have a big game. Um, you know, and, and I guess to the Bills' credit, they've been managing it the last few weeks with, with different, you know, guys playing well. And I guess the Patriots, there wasn't really one guy with a big game. Dalton Kincaid had one big catch, but you know, most of the Bills offensive success against New England was short fields, you know, and um, against the Chargers, Gabe Davis had a couple big plays. So, you know, I think that that's kind of how they're going to manage it. Short of Stefan Diggs going back to being Stefan Diggs, they're going to, you know, let Josh Allen carry the offense, hope to get something from somebody else. The run game has been pretty efficient and, and, you know, that Dallas game was great. And outside of that, it's been okay. But, you know, I wouldn't sit here and say, I want to see James Cook carry the ball 25 times as a, as a formula to, to win any big game for the Bills. So, um, you know, I, I think the one thing we've heard a lot from Sean Dermot and Joe Brady to an extent is, you know, let the ball find where you find the player who's open, you know, let Josh Allen go through his progressions and, and find who's open and whoever ends up being open more often than not is the guy with the big game. And the other part of that, that when you look at Miami's defense, we saw this in week four. I mean, the, the Dolphins just getting beat up last week by Baltimore. It's, it's the physicality. I mean, it's winning that line of scrimmage uh, and it is the ability to run the football. I mean, could we see, you know, maybe it's not the 25 carries that we're talking about for James Cook, but maybe a game plan more in line with what we saw against Dallas, knowing that, hey, look, against New England, it was tough sledding, but that's a good 
run defense. Miami, you know, you can actually maybe run the ball and out physical Miami at home uh, on Sunday night. Yeah, 100%. That's a great call. You know, I, I think this is one of the few teams where, you know, the Bills, both sides of the line, especially considering the situation Miami's in right now, can can be the more physical team. And then look, their offensive line, as the season's gone on, has gotten done a better job of understanding how to be successful in the run game, what works for them, and, and you know, especially where Miami is. Now, Miami's interior is still pretty good. Zach Sheeler and uh, Wilkins are, 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 you know, two of the best, or one of the best tackle combos in the league. You know, where they're banged up is on the edge. So it, this will still be a tough-ish team to run on. But, uh, you know, the other thing that the Bills see a lot of is, is light boxes. I mean, James Cook's not running against seven, eight guys in the box because because there's still so much concern about what Josh Allen could do in the passing game, and it helps to make the offensive line efficient. So I, I think we'll still see a pretty healthy dose of James Cook because that's become a, a solid part of the offense, even when it's not at the at the Dallas level. And could it? You know, the one thing the Dallas game proved is that that is now in the bag for the Bills. That if they they get going and you let them, they will just hand the ball to James Cook and they can run you right out of the park and, you know, go with eight, 10 minute drives. And, you know, all of a sudden Miami's trying to win the game with six possessions and, and, you know, it makes it really, really tough when, when you're that efficient with a run game. They're talking to Thad Brown news aide here as uh, he'll be down in Miami coming up Sunday, uh, bills and dolphins on Sunday night. Um, Thad, the performance of Rasul Douglas, not just this week, but, you know, certainly AFC defensive player of the week, um, the best in season pickup for the Buffalo bills, since the Super Bowl years, could you say? I mean, where would this Bills team be without Douglas? It's a great call. Yeah, I mean, you start thinking about it, you might have to go all the way back to, like, the Cornelius Bennett trade before you you start talking about in-season pickups that made this much of an impact. And, you know, it's great because he understood the defense, understood the scheme, fit right in. And one thing that a lot of free agents that I've heard a lot, and I hear it more from the defensive line guys, mostly because that's where more of the free agents have been, but this is a defense that that really lets guys be who they are, you know. And, and Rasul talked about it when he when he first came over. The you know coaches were telling him do this, do that, do this. And he's like, hey, you know, I can't operate with you guys. You know, always you know in my ear all the time. And and you know what the coaches did, what Rasul says the coaches did is is you know figure out how to let him be him and how to kind of make the system work around him. And and you know the the thing with Rasul Douglas is that. He is an excellent ball hawk and he'll tell you, you know, that that's his game. And he, he jumps routes, you know, he, he gets after plays, you know, the flip side is he will give up some big ones. Um, but w- when it comes to that ability to, to be a ball hawk and to chase and, and, you know, create turnovers, he's probably the best guy that Sean McDermott has ever had in Buffalo at doing that one particular job. And they've been able to unleash him in games and he's had, you know, multiple turnover games twice now in, in less than half a season with Buffalo. And, you know, the, to your point about where would the bills be, you know, they needed someone else on the back end to be a, a dictator and, and someone who can create stuff. And, you know, Douglas has been everything they possibly could hope for in that department. The return of Daquan Jones was productive last week. And, and it just, once again, that, I mean, you know, having him back here, especially when you need him most in these games that you have to have talk a little bit about what his presence on that defensive line does for guys like Ed Oliver and for the bills pass rush as a whole. Yeah, I'm such a huge Daquan Jones fan, and he was he was just fine in game one. Played a you know a full complement of snaps. It wasn't great, but I mean the guy first guy first game back in three months, he'll be just fine. And and he does so many things for the Bills. Number one, whatever rush lane he's in, he shuts the door on it. He, he occupies double teams. You know you're not running the ball in that direction almost all the time. He takes pressure off at Oliver now because now Oliver doesn't have to be that guy who's who's demanding a double team in the run game. Who's who's you know making sure to be disciplined where he's supposed to. 
to be. You can free him up to maybe play make a little bit more. He also opens lanes for linebackers to make plays. You know, don't don't think that uh, that that there's maybe a distinction or a connection between Terrell Bernard having a couple sacks the game that that um, Daquan Jones comes back, and then he's just a good pass rusher. You know, I mean, considering where where Von Miller is this year, you start thinking about who the best pass rushers are for the Bills. It's at Oliver Leonard Floyd, and then in my opinion, it's Daquan Jones. You know, so when you you add that extra push up the middle, the guy that can kind of get pressure on his own doesn't need to be schemed into it. You know, it, it's just a huge, huge addition for the Bills and, and makes a difference in so many different departments. That Brown News 8, our guest here, Bills and Dolphins Sunday night in Miami. Uh, before that, that we're going to be watching uh, these other games. We've got the Steelers and the Ravens. A Ravens win mean the Bills at least will be punching their ticket. Uh, same thing with a t- Titans win over the Jaguars. I mean, handicap those games for us. I mean, what are the chances that one of those two teams will pull off an upset and at least you get a little breathing room for Buffalo? I think pretty reasonable. You know, if you want me to pick them both, I'm I'm picking them both to go the wrong way for Buffalo, but I'm not super confident about either one. You know, the the Ravens won't play Lamar Jackson, but uh, Huntley is has proven on multiple occasions to be a very capable backup. You know, just as not just as dangerous, but dangerous in a similar way to Lamar Jackson out of the backfield. The thing with that is, you know, the the Steelers kind of all season have been you know finding their way through games. Mike Tomlin that defense do so many things just fundamentally well, and they seem to have found at least. A, a little lightning in the bottle with Mason Rudolph and you know with Baltimore not playing starters in a game where you know their number one goal is to get through it healthy you know to me you always take the more desperate team so I think Pittsburgh finds a way I think the more likely upset is, is Jacksonville Tennessee you know because Tennessee doesn't have a, a playoff you know future you know this is going to be the end of their season so there's no reason not to empty the kitchen sink for this one and you know if, if Trevor Lawrence doesn't play and it sounds like he's you know certainly on the bubble at, at best for Jacksonville then Tennessee might going into the game with a slightly better quarterback. I think that's arguable, but um, you know, w- without Jacksonville having that distinct advantage, you know, the, the um, Mike Brable is an excellent coach. He'll have that team ready to go. Titans are going to be dangerous. You know, th- I think the thing with, with that game is that Jacksonville's defense doesn't get talked about enough. It's been pretty good, you know, pretty uh, dependable lately. And, and, you know, although Tennessee might have the better quarterback, whether it's Tannehill or Will Levis, you know, no one's scared of that, especially if you have, you know, Josh Allen, the other one on, on your side for Jacksonville. So, you know, if I'm picking them uh, i'm picking pittsburgh and, and jacksonville to win the games but you know the other side of both those games are very very live as a winner hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't even visit other leading job sites so start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Thad, let's allow ourselves for a moment to envision the Buffalo Bills winning on Sunday night and being the two seed in the AFC postseason. Which team presents the easiest path for the Bills to advance to the divisional round? Which seven seed would give the Bills the least amount of trouble? I would think Pittsburgh, you know, um, depending on, I don't think Miami can get to the seven. So we're, I haven't actually like thought fully about which team it would be. I think it's Pittsburgh or Jacksonville. Correct me on that if I'm wrong. I'm sorry, Pittsburgh or, uh, or the winner of the Houston Indy game. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I believe so. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I actually, to be honest, um, I, I think I go Indy to be honest, you know, um, with Gardner Minshew with, uh, you know, coaching staff that hasn't been there, done that without really anything super dependable on offense. I know Johnny Taylor is healthy now, but you know, what has he been for the last year and a half? I think Indy is probably the easiest um, and the best opportunity for the bills because, you know, Pittsburgh, like I said, with Mason Rudolph, that's not a, a sick offense or anything, but it's Mike Tomlin. It's a really good defense. I mean, TJ Watt can wreck games by himself, you know, so there, there's players there that can, that can cause you a problem um, if you're Pittsburgh. So I, I would go, if, if you're rooting, you want Indy one Pittsburgh two, and then, you know, I make CJ Stroud and Houston three because of Stroud, you know, um, uh, in this, in, in this AFC, you know, you, you look at, um, who's left quarterback wise, you know, going into the last week, you think about it, how many teams in the AFC have the quarterback they want to have this week? It's probably what Buffalo, Miami, Kansas city, Baltimore, Houston, and that's it. You know, maybe Denver, arguably. So, you know, Stroud is one of the the quarterbacks left who, if if he figures it out, you know, in, in playoff game one, you know, you could be looking at a game, let's say Houston jumps out and, and has the passing game going, you know, maybe Buffalo's down 14-3, 21-3 early to where, you know, having playoff experience and, and being in that tough environment might not matter. So Houston's definitely the seventh seed that I would want to play the least of on the Bills. Zad, uh, week 18's always weird. You have games that are essentially playoff games, and then you have teams that are out of it. You have teams that, you know, their coach is uh, going to have one foot out the door. How does Monday look in terms of the coaching carousel? What situations do you have your eyes on? I mean, there are some obvious ones. We're looking at Washington, per- perhaps. But is there any other team right now that you're looking at? Say, you know what? Keep an eye on this coming up Monday. Well, I haven't thought about this one bit. I'm, I'm in Bill's playoff mode. Throw out some, throw out some suggestions at me, and I'll, I'll react to them quick. All right, Chicago. Yeah. Chicago, Eberflus, does he stay? I mean, if Ryan Poles is staying, I think Eberflus stays. What about what other ones do we have here, Danger? We got uh, the chart, the Chargers, Denver. I mean, anything. Uh, Belichick, Denver. What, yeah, De- no. Belichick. I think it, Belichick is gone, and I'll tell you why. Um, the the hug that he gave Sean McDermott after that game. That was a goodbye. I've been on the field. Yeah, yeah. That, that looked like a, a a hey. It's been great going against you. You know, you're a heck of a coach, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that didn't look like a, a, a normal one because I've been next to that hug for, for that handshake, whatever you want to call it, for most of the games. And most of the time, you know, it, it is not more than two or three syllables long. It is good game and out, you know. So for Belichick to be, to spend that much time with a coach that we don't think he has any particular connection with, that to me signaled that he knows he's done. Whether it's his decision or the Patriots' decision, I would be stunned if he's not out the door by Monday evening. Arthur Smith in Atlanta. 
I'd like to see him fired as a guy who had Kyle Pitts on fantasy team forever and just ruined him. Um, you know, I think obviously it depends on if Atlanta makes the playoffs, but that's still possible. If if the Bucks lose to uh, Carolina, not likely, but possible, and then Atlanta wins their game, they're in. So I, I think if they make the playoffs, he's got a good chance of coming back. Um, I, I think I'd probably lean towards he stays. You know, and, and it wouldn't surprise me if he's out, but I think he stays. All right, what about another team in the South? And you mentioned it. If if Todd Bowles and the Buccaneers lose to Carolina on the road and miss the postseason, is Todd Bowles out in Tampa? That one would surprise me. I, I think he's done a really good job this year, and, and I don't know how much of it is him. You know, I think a lot of it's been the offense. Their defense has been, you know, borderline despicable at times, especially against the pass. You know, I'm just thinking about when they, you know, pass through Buffalo's schedule. Um, but when you take a guy like Mayfield, who has been left for dead by multiple franchises, and I know it's the South, and you don't got to win more than eight, nine games to win that division, but Tampa's been, you know, relatively competitive most of the year. The offense has looked good. They, they've kind of kept things together when I think there are multiple spots in the season they could have fallen apart you know I don't know what what the I've never been a huge Todd Bowles fan I, I thought he really didn't do a great job with the Jets but um you know I would be a little surprised if he got fired because I think he's done a pretty solid job for a team that I don't think much most people expected much from this year yeah and then one team we know is not going to make a move that's the Jets they, they everybody's coming back I mean is that the right decision there I mean like from a Buffalo standpoint like okay come come on back Robert yeah Sala. I mean the, the thing first of all the Jets are kind of stuck because number one if you're going to move on a quarterback, what are you doing? You know, so and the answer to that is pretty much nothing. So they have to bring Aaron Rodgers back, which means that you're probably going to bring Nate Hackett back because he's the guy that Rodgers wants to work with. And if Nate Hackett's there, you sure as heck don't want him to be the head coach. So I don't see what the point is of changing the staff around him. So then you're, you're pretty much stuck with, with the coach you have. And, and I'll make the argument for it for two reasons. Number one, with the GM, look, he has not built a good offensive line with the Jets at all in, in all the years he's been there. And he's missed on a quarterback, you know, but there have been more hits with Joe Douglas than misses. I mean, the defense is really good and he, he nailed two super elite weapons on offense. So that's a lot of positive moves when, you know, as a GM and then number two with, with Robert Sala, even though I think there's a lot of reason to think that he's just not going to work as a head coach. He, he has never not had Zach Wilson as a quarterback. I mean, I don't know what coach would be any good, you know, with, with that guy as, as your only quarterback for three seasons. And the, the bottom line with the Jets is, is that their plan next year is to basically run back the plan they had this year, which is Aaron Rodgers fixing the offense by himself, the defense still being great. And yeah, Aaron Rodgers is a year older and, and maybe a little less dependable, but it's basically the same plan they had last year. And people thought that would go to the Super Bowl. So I don't think it's a terrible idea to run it back. Is it something that's not going to work? I think it's distinctly possible, but I also don't think the Jets have a better choice. Thad, what about uh, all the rumblings that are coming out of Philadelphia? And, and you know, look, they're a playoff team. Sirianni's not going to lose his job next week, but there certainly have been some calls based on how that team has, has failed to perform, especially on the defensive side of the ball here after just making the Super Bowl last year. Yeah, there's been a lot of smoke out of that situation. And, you know, they were 10 and 1, but even their 10 and 1, it had all the signs of something that was going to fall apart. I mean, they won so many games where you look at stats or how the game went and wonder how the heck did Philly pull that off? They were, you know, down at the half multiple times, just, you know, playing almost lackadaisical. I remember the first three weeks of the year, I was thinking, wow, it looks like they got a little, little hangover, a little overconfidence in terms of not having to show up. And they just never got out of that mode. They never looked like they were, you know, 
dictating or, 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 you know, moving, playing from a position of strength. They were pulling things out, but, but didn't look like the team that just dominated everybody up front last year. And, and, you know, I think finally the bottom has fallen out. Now, how much of that is on coaching? Who knows? Um, you know, I, I, if I'm, if I'm, uh, if I'm stepping back, I know Philly kind of has its own little culture with how they treat coaches and stuff, but I, I would think I'd want to keep that guy around. Now, that being said, there's got to be a reason why this team is all of a sudden losing a bunch of games, you know, dropping games at home to, to an Arizona team they probably should beat. So it, it's not out of the realm. I, I think a normal team would keep the coach, but, but maybe not in Philly, you know, where they've had championships lately or at least one to where that they feel like they can, um, you know, demand better from who they got. So Sunday Night Football, Thad, how does it work this week with uh, Buffalo Kickoff Live? So we'll be on at normal uh, eleven o'clock. We'll be on the field at Hard Rock Stadium. It'll probably just be us and like three guys, you know, cleaning garbage cans or whatever. But we'll be there, um, and and we'll have you ready eleven thirty on on uh, Channel Eight. Um, if you're in Buffalo or, or heading that way, we're on the WLNO at eleven a.m. So it's a full hour show, and then uh, it'll be uh, you know uh, working through the day and and you know. Uh, have a whole bunch of coverage. Rochesterfirst.com coming up on uh, Monday morning. So who's who's holding court there? You guys all sit around then. And the show is over. You still got the 1 o'clock games. You got the 4 o'clock games. What's that Sunday like for you, Thad? So sometimes it's uh, go back to the hotel and take a nap. Sometimes it's uh, go out and find a uh, sports bar and enjoy football like the rest of the world does for a little while. Um, we might be choosing uh, choice B. Mm. It would have been you know nicer. The weather's going to be better. I think it's supposed to rain, especially in the morning on Sunday. You know that might have been an, enjoy the 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 beach for a little while. But um, it, it'll be kind of you know personal time till about three four o'clock, and then we'll head back over to the stadium. Safe travels, buddy, and uh, thanks for all the coverage and, and appreciate the time as always this afternoon. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, guys. You got it. There he is. Thad Brown, News 8 Sports Director, headed down to Miami for the Bills-Dolphins game Sunday night. You can see him on Buffalo Kickoff Live Sunday morning on News 8. I hope they don't flip the corners. <laughs> it's like, I, that, that would be just so McDermott, like, thinking ahead here. Like, you know, we're going to, like, try to work Khalil Shakir. We're going to make him look like a threat here. And uh, this could be the Diggs game. Am I, am I crazy to think that all this Diggs talk and he's going to end up with two touchdowns and 150 this he had week? a nice game week four. Week yeah. four was his game, right? Yeah. He owned Miami in that game. Josh Allen has owned Miami through his career. Um. Yeah. The, the the stubbornness of a coach to not want to alter his way of doing things, and and what does that mean when you're going up against any elite talent like Stefan Diggs? That'll be an interesting matchup to watch there. The uh, Bills wide receiver one versus whichever corner he lines up across from, mm. and and not like Jalen Ramsey, not like Josh Allen is afraid of Jalen Ramsey. He's had his way against Jalen Ramsey through his career as well. For as elite as Jalen Ramsey has been shown shown to be for so long, Josh Allen is not afraid of Jalen. Or do you just go to the physical card? Like this is the finesse Dolphin team, and we're going. I mean, run, that's yeah, kind of what yeah. I would like to see. Yeah, I would like to see another kind of game, you know, where Josh does enough and he hits on some of the passes that he's missed on. Because even in the Dallas game, there were, there were some inaccuracies. Right, if he can get that straight. And you just manhandle them I and mean, take a page out of what Baltimore just did to them last week. That was impressive. I mean, that that's what makes Baltimore scary. It's I mean, they're banged up too. They got a lot of playmakers that are hurt, that are gone for the season, and they're still just plowing through people because they're so mean and physical. I like talking about a two seven because the players won't talk about that. You and I can talk about that danger. Right now, I don't see a seven seed like, oh, yeah, that's the team I want because the Colts 
physicality. The Steelers have playmakers. Even Houston, like with a quarterback like Stroud, that you know, team so young, they don't know any better. They're not supposed to be in this position. I don't think the two seven uh, game is going to be a layup either. No, I, I agree with that. Uh, let's do a little housekeeping here before we get to happy hour in the sports bar uh, and check the feed on X at the fan Rochester. Peter tweeting us Bill Belichick to Carolina, the juiciest rumor. For Black Monday, it's crazy to think that McCarthy is in the safest position of coaches in the NFC East. Uh, Chris, one of our regulars in South Central Kentucky, listening on the free-to-download Odyssey app. What if I told you that for their career, Josh Allen throws an interception on average once every 74 and a half attempted passes and then told you that Tua throws an interception on average once every 35.4 attempted passes? Tua is still Tua. He's still a one-read guy. You could still, you know, question his arm strength. Downfield passing is a challenge. Waddle. Well, Waddle be there. Yeah. Um, Russell Wilson playing in New England next year. Bold 2024 take. I mean, there's so many things that have to happen before you can even visualize that, right? Yeah, that's that's where, and, and when we were joined by Armando Salguero asking the question about Gerard Mayer, he's like, no, 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 that is not, <laughs> it's not, a, it's the new GM's decision. So the, the Patriots haven't had a GM. So you hire the GM who hires the coach, and then you come up. It seems like New England could be going and just clearing the decks there altogether. But on the other hand, if you go with, if you do go the easy route, Mayo, and he gets to have a personnel guy, maybe you just go Russell Wilson. It's easy, and I would welcome that. Brian from East Hilton, runner-up in the unsanctioned, enjoying his steak knives this week. Oh, I got paid, by the way. That was good. Thank, thank the commissioner. What, uh, what about Justin Fields to Pittsburgh? I want him to go to the Broncos in the first place. Oh, Brian's a Broncos fan. Mm. With the number nine pick that year, instead they drafted Sertan, great player. Having Fields and all those picks is better than having Sertan. And no picks. Oh, it, it, Brian's silly season. If the if, if Ryan Poles is doing his job, you're going to have Justin Fields rumors left and right, and like 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 the Bears are going to have all these rumors tied to them. And Fields to Pittsburgh, sure, yeah, that'll, that'll, that'll let those be a rumor, rumors yeah. let those rumors yeah. fly because those rumors get you more draft capital when you eventually trade out at the number one overall pick. You have to make you have to give that impression, even though you you probably get the sense Fields is coming back. I would imagine Fields is coming back. That's where I'm planting my flag. Well, that's the weird thing about week 18. So what if Fields like is disastrous up in Green Bay? You're like, oh no, what are we doing? I'm allowing myself back in. I'm planning on Sunday afternoon before the Bills game. Oh, you you are an addict, dude. I am going to watch with my buddy Tony, and we're going to watch the Bears and Packers like we did week one. And my hope, my hope is that we have a different outcome. This is the definition of insanity, Gino. It is the definition of insanity. But it, this means something. If they beat Green Bay at Lambeau, Detroit did the same thing last year, week 18, and it kind of vaulted them into a different stratosphere. They've got some momentum right now. Oh, my gosh. You are comparing the Bears to where Detroit was a year ago? Yeah. Do you have a fever? Are you feeling all right? Did you catch Michael? What are you doing? I'm good. No, 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 not happening. No, you fool. Like you're setting yourself up like you were delusional. 
No! It's like me as a Mets fan. What are you doing? Don't you remember week one? Like, Love is going to go in there. He's going to flick you away like Different a bug. Different defense. Different defense. Oh, right. We'll see how it goes. Uh, again, nobody cares when I'm right, but we'll see how it goes. We'll, we'll, we'll check notes on Monday morning. Uh, we're going to get uh, get to happy hour next. We have time for your calls if you want to join us as well. 585-8664-FAN. That is uh, the Good Smoke Barbecue and Pub Wingman Line. Award-winning barbecue. Good Smoke Barbecue and Pub in the new location at 135 West Commercial Street in ER. GoodSmokeBBQ.com. You're listening to the Sports Bar with Danger and Bataglia. <laughs> On 95.7 FM and AM 950, The Fan Rochester. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.